You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, OJ, Juice Man, This is strictly for them true fans, golf fans. Number one, of course, y'all. This ain't no ordinary sports talk. Dive up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the fish tank. On a Friday, I'm Seth Levitt, and I am joined by the one podcaster who overvalued a Sorlax on a nationally televised commercial, OJ McDuffie Juice. We're, we're well rested with the bye week, and if you are anything like me, you ate way too much during last night's Thanksgiving meal. But my question is, do you have a little bit more room for some fish bites? Man, I do, I do. Let me let me address this Snorlax thing first, bro. <laughs> the Snorlax yeah, situation. Well, yeah, this is it a Snorlax or a Sorlax? It was Snorlax. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I thought I thought it was, you know, it was outstanding, man, but I gave up my Magmar for it, you know, and I got I, I got, you gave I, up got a lot. I got schooled, man. I got schooled. The grimy I thought was okay too to give away, man, but uh, you know, the Magmar and the grimy, he got me. Well, he I played me. it for my kids. So if you don't know what we're talking about, just get on YouTube and search up OJ McDuffie United Way commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you 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 will get a smile if nothing else. And if your kids know anything about Pokemon, let them watch. My kids, both of them, shook their head. And they're like, he got ripped off. <laughs> so really fun stuff. But yeah, man, I am uh, I'm thankful that you've got a little bit more room. And I- I'm gonna keep riding with these awful Thanksgiving Let's Day jokes. Let's focus today's episode on the big fellas who likely had a few plates themselves to eat for Thanksgiving. I hope they did. Uh, it's the Miami Dolphins offensive line. Yeah. We have all been impressed with their play as of late, but you in particular have been really singing their praises. And in fact, if you listen to uh, the postgame show the last time the Dolphins stepped on the field versus the Cleveland Browns, you split your postgame show game ball into five pieces and awarded a game ball to the entire offensive line. Yeah, man. You know, our O-line has been, uh, you know, work in progress. Guys in and out of the lineup, getting banged up a little bit. So at times we didn't have a, a solid or consistent five guys out there. But this last game, you know, the last game against the Browns, they put it all together, man. They protected Tua. Uh, you know, they, they opened holes for our run game, and, you know, and had a really solid game offensively, man. So, you know, it's about time these guys, you know, everybody wants to talk about the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and all these other glamour positions, man. And they've earned it. They have earned it, 1,000%. But their job can't get done unless our big uglies are, you know, getting their job done. And, boy, are they getting it done. That's, that's a fair point. And so, look, this most recent game against the Browns, it really was an absolute thing of beauty in all phases, but as you said, the offensive line in particular was really special. The numbers alone, so the rushing game, 33 carries for 195 yards, two explosive touchdowns, not just like one yard, which you need those as well because when you don't get them, you're so frustrated. But these were explosive touchdowns. There was not a single punt by the Miami Dolphins the entire How about that? day. How about that? Unbelievable. And it felt like zero sacks. I know we talked about zero sacks because Tua went nearly untouched for three quarters, three plus quarters. He didn't have to finish the game. But technically, you have to count the Cedric Wilson Jr. failed pass play as a sack. (laughs) Nobody nobody wants to hear that, but it it statistically goes down as a sack. But I don't think there's anything that the offensive line needs to feel badly about. My point here is that the numbers were spectacular. And then all day Tuesday, you know, Travis, our guy Travis Wingfield, dives into the all 22, and we just start getting texts. Watch this play. Watch that play. And it's one pancake block after the next. He absolutely loved it. And that was just one game, though, Juice, because I've been saying this for a little while. I think there's a trend developing here. 
Here's what the last six games for this Dolphins rushing attack have looked like. So as we just said, 33 for 195 and two touchdowns versus the Browns. 23 for 77 and a touchdown at Chicago. 26 for 107 and a touchdown at the Lions. 27 for 111 versus the Steelers. 20 for 73 versus Minnesota. And then 26 for 137 and two touchdowns against the Jets. So they eclipsed 100 yards on the ground in four of the past six games. They are averaging over the last six games almost 117 yards rushing and a touchdown per game during that stretch, and they did so at 4.5 yards per clip. Now, you do 4.5 times three. If you just hand it off, which which we're not going to do, but right, you're getting first downs. (laughs) We know you love first downs. And so, again, they're getting it done on the ground. And, oh, by the way, in those four games since Tua's returned to the lineup, they've given up just three sacks. And as we said, one was the failed Cedric Wilson pass attempt. So that means Tua has been sacked only twice in the last four games. I'm not sure we can ask for much more from this unit. No, I mean, we really can't, but we will. Right. What, right. what we will ask them moving them, forward we need to yeah it's consistency be able to do that week in week out and I think they, they can I think they've got the right formula Tua's been doing a great job of getting the ball out on time guys been running open for him so they haven't had sustained blocks as long as sometimes when you get sacks but also guys are getting open but when you have this balance this balance of run game you've been talking about, Big Seth, it, it opens up a lot of different things. We've talked about it a lot before. What are defenses going to do? Are they going to take away our pass game with Tyreek and, and, and Waddle and, and Gasicki and those guys? Or are they going to try to take away the run game? A lot of teams have been playing these two high shells, you know, four across, which opens up that run game. So if we can have that balance, you know, I think it's going to be great. And it's going to play into what the offensive line wants. You know, offensive linemen want to fire off. Right. They don't want to sit and pass pro. And when you give them that balance, you got defenses off, you know, off balance, you know, it, it helps those guys out a lot. You know, it, it's like, you know, you think about it. When you get a nice rushing touchdown, that's a touchdown for the O-line. You see a lot of guys hand the ball to the O-lineman for the spike because they know they don't point. get in that end zone without their help, man. And you know, those guys are fired up. You keep those guys happy, hell, the rest of the team will be happy. Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. And there's one other point I want to make here, Juice. So when we recently had Mike Pouncey in the tank, and we talked about with Mike just how unique the offensive line is and that it, there's no other position group in the game that must function, not has to or might. They must function as one cohesive unit in the way that uh, the offensive line does, right? It's vital. And because of this, continuity across the line is also critical. But with this team – 40% of the line that you saw versus Cleveland was completely different from the starting lineup that we saw in week one. As you know, so Austin Jackson, we know we lost him after week one. Liam Eikenberg went down uh, as well. I think uh, was it the Detroit game, right? right you know, and that right. was really tough to see because he was playing so well. So with that in mind, I'm going to play a soundbite here from offensive coordinator Frank Smith, who spoke to the media earlier in the week. He was asked to tell the story of the offense through 10 games. And so he was speaking about the offense as a whole, but I think that you could go even more micro and absolutely apply his answer to the offensive line specifically. But the thing that I like about this, not only does it help make my point, but Coach Smith gave this amazing analogy. And the truth is, dudes, I just wanted to find a way to use it. Right? <laughs> so it was so good. So I'm going to go ahead and play that now. And it's just been awesome to watch them respond to an NFL season together. And, you know, the the characters are ever changing in the stories. There are some constants, but you know, ultimately it's, you know, if you have a great script, you know, you need great actors to fulfill, to make the lines come to life. And that's kind of really been this season. You're seeing the story of, of our actors taking the script to life. And, um, you know, hopefully we can take these last couple games, really the month of November and really kind of finish off the month the way we want it to, to, to end. And then now, 
get into the game month of December where, you know, everything matters. How great was that? Man, you talk about it, man. We got a bunch of actors that are starting to play their role and play their role well, man. What a great analogy, man. And so putting good. that together, man. Coach Smith is it's just sharp, man. But it's a, kind of the same, you know, pattern that we've seen with the players and now the coaching staff, the intelligence on this team and the way they think through things, you know, to make things happen positively for this team. I mean, it's amazing. It starts, you know, the head man down to the coaching staff to the players executing it. Yeah, a lot of high IQs there over yeah. at uh, Baptist Health Training Center. And I think that there's a writer inside that football coach's brain of, of uh, Coach Smith's there. So, but as he said, it was, was a great analogy. I think one of the writers uh, said it was a great metaphor, which metaphor, I guess, technically is an analogy. I'm going with analogy. One of the writers can call me out on it. But the characters in this story are the offensive line and the ever-changing characters, as we just said, right tackle and left guard, because Brandon Shell and Rob Jones stepped in to join uh, the rest of the characters or the yeah. actors, uh, you know, you just work in this analogy until it's uh, beating a dead horse here. But uh, Teron Armstead, Connor Williams and Rob Hunt, and they've brought this amazing script to life. So Austin Jackson was placed on IR, as we said, after the New England game. Greg Little stepped in there at right tackle for a few weeks, but then they put Brandon Shell in, and it was kind. Of, and I think that was a Minnesota game, yeah. and it was like, "Where have you been my whole life?" I know Travis was going nuts. I I, I might have received more Shell tape from Travis than any other player on this team who's not named to it. Right? Yeah, right. I mean he he has really enjoyed watching that guy, and and I'll be the first to admit I am no offensive line expert, and you know <laughs> we're trying to get through this thing. I'm talking about it, but man, when he sends those and you watch and he's telling you what to look for and you're seeing what's going on. Brandon Shell is doing his thing. And then at Detroit, as we said, Liam goes down. Rob Jones, and I'll call him Big Rob Jones. Big Rob Jones yeah. jumps in there. Juice, the easiest way for me to sum up what we've seen from Big Rob Jones is offensive line coach Matt Applebaum spoke as well. And he said, Rob can move people against their will. <laughs> when a man can move people against their will, against their will, right? So, like, you know, when you can move people against their will, I feel like if you show up for a job interview and you're interviewing for offensive line and you put your resume there, an objective, move people against their will, you're hired, yeah, bro. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah. So those guys are doing their thing. You've got a healthy Austin uh, Jackson back on the roster. It just feels like. This brilliant script that Mike McDaniel, Frank Smith, and the rest of the crew are writing is only going to continue to get more interesting. Yeah, that's very, very true, Big Seth. You know, it's amazing how how we were bitten by injuries early in the season, and now guys are starting to get healthy at the right time. Coming yeah. off a of bye week, you know, I think it's um this, this script is nice. It really is. You've got some actors that can play multiple roles, so I think that's gonna that's important too because guys have gotten a lot of work. Um, this unit's coming together. Well, there you have it. That's another Friday Fish Bite episode for you. As we come off the bye week ourselves, I kind of missed doing it last Friday. As always, we're going to kindly ask that you subscribe and rate the show if you haven't already. Yeah, and make sure you listen to our, our latest long-form episode of the of the Fish Tank, you know, with uh, Aiken Adele. And definitely check out the rest of the great content on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. I mean, Travis is always doing a great job with the Drive Time Podcast. Kimmy B., our girl with the, the Dolphins today, and the Perfect Season podcast. And don't forget our international partners as well, Big Seth. 100%. And, of course, this Sunday, Juice, Travis, DJ Preach, and myself will have plenty to say immediately following the Dolphins game against the Houston Texans at Hard Rock Stadium on the WQAM fifth quarter postgame show. Juice, I'm done. You yeah. got anything else? Nah, man, but you know what, Dolphins? Thanks for diving in. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting 
Came down with Seth living. Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans. Number one, one, of course, y'all. This ain't no ordinary sports talk. Dive up in that fish tank. Go get your aqua orange. Yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you.